lift up our uh, voice here together and we clap together and thank the Lord for his greatness here this morning. Amen. Lord, we bless you here this morning. You are great. You are great. I'm going to have Caleb lead us in that part again, all the earth, uh, because I want us to declare uh, what a great place to to look out and uh, declare God's greatness, isn't it? I love being out here with you. I love worshiping. And here's one of the things that I I know is happening psychologically for uh, people uh, during this season of coronavirus. There's an uptick or an upswing, upsurge, I think they call it, of numbers of people who are contacting it. I, I, I think we feel trapped a little bit. I think we we feel like we're victims. I, I think we feel like we can't get free from this. And, and I want you to know you were free before we started <laughs> because of Jesus and, and what he's done on the cross. And how many believe that the Lord is great? He really is great. He's, he's great. He's great in regard to what you're facing. He's great in regard to what we're facing as a community here in Klamath Falls and Klamath County. He's great in regard to what our nation is facing and some of the unrest and some of the political tension and, uh, of course, there's racial tension and social tension. Aren't you thankful for the cross of Jesus Christ? That there's victory there, there's freedom there, there's love there, there's liberty there, there's unity there, there's equality there. All the ground is level at the cross because we all need a Savior. Can someone say amen? Amen. Great are you, Lord. So I want to ask you to ramp it up a little bit in your soul this time. It's okay if the person next to you hears you sing, okay? It's okay if a person three rows in front of you hears you sing. I want us to declare it really loud. and Let's like make a powerful declaration against anything where we're feeling oppressed or captive, captive might be a, a word, just pressure. Can we declare it together? Let all the earth declare his praise. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing.
hand. Can we lift up uh, the Lord here and declare his greatness together here this morning? Lord, we declare our praises to you today. We can declare our praises to you. You know, there's a verse in the book of Psalms um, talks about our sacrifice. <laughs> a, a pleasing sacrifice to the Lord is the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And uh, regardless of what's happening in your life today, regardless of what's happening around us, could we give a sacrifice of thanksgiving, just giving thanks to the Lord in the face of whatever it is? Just thank Him. Would you do that with your mouth? Would you declare it? Let's give a th sacrifice of thanksgiving. Lord, we, we give you praise. We give you thanks. We give you love. We give you glory. Give you goodness, Lord. Thanksgiving, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Jesus, for your life. Thank you for your victory, Lord. We give thanks to you today. Heavenly Father, I'm going to say that again because it is Father's Day and uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about fathers and the role of a father here this morning. All the different roles a father has are really uh, reflected in God's care for us, <laughs> his covering for us. So, so maybe we could say it again. Heavenly Father, we come in Jesus' name through the power of the Holy Spirit and we thank you that you are a father, that you're a good, good father in your care for us, in your love for us. Father, you're a protector. You care about each one of us, Lord, in a way where you want to protect us. You said in your word that we're the apple of your eye. Lord, you, you want to protect us, Lord. You want to you, you want to protect us. You want to provide for us, Lord. You, you want to promote us and help us succeed in our life. You, you're a high priest, Jesus, who, who intercedes. Lord, you live to make intercession for us. Jesus, this morning, you're interceding and praying for every person, their life, their relationships, their children, the ones they love. Jesus, you're our high priest. Lord, thank you for that. And Lord, I'm so thankful for your word. Uh, you prophesy, Jesus. You say things like, if God is for us, who could be against us? Lord, in the midst of whatever circumstances we're facing, through my God, I can run through a troop and jump over a wall. Lord, you speak words of life and truth in the face of our enemies. Lord, that bring courage, that bring hope, bring victory. Lord, we thank you for that this morning. Thank you for being our heavenly Father here this morning. Thank you for your, your wonderful love for us. We just want to bask in your goodness here this morning. We thank you that we're getting to be together as a church again, Lord, just getting to worship. Lord, the encouragement, just the courage that I receive being with brothers and sisters, just the, the comfort I receive. Lord, thank you. We thank you for one another. Can we just take a minute and thank him for one another? Thank him for our families. Thank him for our church. Thank him for our church in this community, all the different churches, all the different uh, parts of the bride of Christ. Lord, we thank you for your bride throughout this community, Lord. Give you blessing and praise. We love you and we, we love this place that you've given us to come out and worship, be in your presence together. We don't, we don't take it for granted. It's a holy place, Lord, because holy people have gathered 
in this place here this morning. We thank you for the holiness of your presence. And Lord, I pray that for every one of us here this morning. I, I, I pray that the holiness of your presence would lift us to another place, Lord, another realm, sensing your presence, sensing your spirit, hearing what you're saying to us. Lord, set us apart for your kingdom, glory, and honor this morning. We thank you for that. Thank you for being here. We love you this morning. Pray these things in Jesus' name. And for his sake, could you, could you say amen with me? Well, there's the sermon. Let's go home. Oh, I'll add a little bit. But anyway, it is great to be with you on Father's Day. I don't know how to uh, ask you to turn and greet one another, maybe an elbow bump or something like that. But uh, would you tell someone you're glad they're out here sweating with you in the sunshine this morning? All right. It's a little bit different, a little bit warmer than it was last week. I think last week it was about 48 when we started. It was about perfect. <laughs> I think it's about 65 right now. So great to be with you. I'm going to invite you to take your Bible. Uh, if you're online watching, I know normally we have uh, those words that come up so that you can follow along with the scripture, but that takes two computers rather than one, and we don't have that when we're outside, so it's going to be a little different. You're going to want to bring your Bible, set it on your lap, and when you're out here, of course, we don't have screens anyway, so unless you got it memorized, uh, bring your Bible because uh, you're going to need it. We're going to start out in Genesis chapter 4, verse 7. I'm going to make uh, references to lots of verses, of course, you know me. Uh, in the book of Proverbs, the book of Psalms, one in Ephesians. But we're going to get started this morning in Genesis chapter 4, verse 7. And as we do, can I take a moment to honor fathers? You know, there's this kind of, I'm going to call it a fad, and I don't know that it's really a fad, but there's uh, certainly a, uh, something popular going on with superheroes. Have you noticed that? Superheroes, if you're a young person, is kind of the thing. I, I don't know what that's all about. Everybody needs power other than what they've got. And how many know the power comes from Jesus? He's the one with. But superheroes, uh, you know, they're online, they're on video games, they're in movies. We've got Superman, we've got Spider Man, we've got Transformers, we've got, uh, of course, the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> Looks a lot like me. But. Could I tell you who my superheroes are here this morning? To me, the real superheroes in our society today are the fathers. What a significant role uh, fathers have. You can go ahead and clap and say amen to that. We're going to do it together in just a moment. But it, it's really true. Men who love Jesus, uh, men who love their wives, men who, who, who love their children are committed 
to raising their children, the nurture, the admonition of the Lord, the Bible says. Fathers, we play such an important role, and I know you because you're like me, and I have a tendency to underestimate my significance and the role I have as a father. Every now and then, my, my wife says, your kids need you right now. Tune in right now, you know. There's things going on in their life that they need a father's voice, and I, I just underestimate so often my importance. Fathers, did you know for a short period of time on earth, you get to share the name of God? Because God is our Father. In fact, when Jesus taught disciples to pray, he said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. But, but the idea of Father, there's something about who we are, the, the imprint we make in the life of our children that is it, it's so significant because we share the title of God. And, and, and it's so important. And I, I'm not going to get into a lot of statistics. I could tell you so many statistics right now. And I feel like it, you know, it might be discouraging if you're a single mom here today or something like that. If you're a single mom here today, you've got a family. It's called the body of Christ. We've got great men, great leaders, young men like Caleb up here leading worship for your teens, college students. We've got men involved in our children's ministry. There's great influence. But some in our culture don't have that. You know, 48% of children born today, 48% are, are born in a single parent home. 48%. 33% right now, 33% are being raised in a single-parent home. It's, it's challenging, and I'm, I'm not going to tell you all of them, but if you went through the statistics in regard to depression, suicide, in regard to dropping out of school, uh, in regard to poverty, in, in regard to jail, being incarcerated, if you went through all those statistics, the number of children who struggle in all those areas just goes up astronomically when there's not a father present in, in the home. Fathers, even though the world wants to diminish your influence or your significance or your importance, you're very important. And by the way, your influence never goes away, regardless of how old uh, your, your children are or your grandchildren or maybe some of your great-grandchildren. It says in Psalms 112, it says, a righteous man will be remembered forever. Uh, Proverbs 13, verse uh, 22, it says a good life gets passed on to their grandchildren. So uh, I, I would love for us in a special way just to give honor to the fathers here this morning. Can we do that by clapping? And we appreciate you, your influence. It's so important. Now, sometimes as men, we don't really know what our role is all about. I mean, we bring home the bacon sometimes or whatever, so I just want to talk about your role. I mentioned all of them already as I talked about God's care and love for us. Uh, but let me talk about uh, some roles that fathers have. Number one, a father is a protector. Father is a protector. Do any of you remember a couple of years ago when that uh, two-year-old child was playing a along the shore of a Disney World resort? I think it was 
you know, Seven Seas Lagoon or something like that. There's a little two-year-old playing along the shore. Family was on vacation. How many love vacation? You know, they're just relaxing, kicking back. Parents are in a lounge chair. Little two-year-old uh, kind of splashing along the shore, and an alligator snuck up stealthily, you know, just his eyes above the water. An alligator snuck up and grabbed that little child and drug him out into the water. Now, I, I can't imagine how horrific that was. You're on vacation, dream maybe, going to Disney World, looking forward to fun things, and all of a sudden your two-year-old is drowned when an alligator draws him out into the water. I can't, I, I couldn't imagine. First of all, the, the whole nation, I mean, our heart went out to, to that family, that couple, um, I can't imagine what, what that was. But my heart went out to the father because fathers are protectors. It's, it's who we are. It's in our DNA. We, we'd, we'd risk our life for our family without a thought. We're protectors. We're protectors of our nation. We're, we're willing to go to war, both men and women, of course, in our nation today. But we're, we're designed to be protectors. Now, Genesis 4, verse 7. That's where I asked you to turn. Did I ask you to turn there? Good. Okay. Genesis 4, verse 7 says, Sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is to have you, and you must master it. How many know that kids are cute? Aren't they? Little kids. You know, your grandkids, they are so cute. You spoil them. But they're little sinners. You know, they start out so cute, and then when they hit two years old, it's mine. Sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is to have you, but you must master it. Every person here today, you're in a battle because sin is crouching at the door. There's a strategy, and it's, it's deep within your core. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7 he says the law of sin, just like gravity, there's a law of sin that's in all of our life. It's in our mind. All those negative thoughts are, are a result of the law of sin that's, that's dragging us down. Now, how many know Jesus was raised to life? And if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken your mortal body. Okay, we have hope in Jesus. But it doesn't mean we don't have a battle. We have a battle with sin. Within our soul, we have a, a, bat, a spiritual battle of temptation. We have spiritual battle in our thought life, in our emotions. Things we participated in when we were young still have strongholds in our soul as we get older many times. It says in Ephesians 6 verse 4, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. I think we all know that parenting is not an easy job. Uh, moms and dads, it's, it's a challenge. And there are times when things heat up. You know what I'm talking about? The conflict escalates. There's such a balance between nurture and admonition, <laughs> love and warning, encouragement and correction. And here's, here's your job, fathers. 
Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Be careful about your words. Don't use any kind of criticism. Don't add to the defeat they already feel. Uh, understand for yourself there's no condemnation. Please don't ever pass that on to your children. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Bring them up. That's what the Bible says. Bring them up. It's so easy for children in our world today to get defeated. Bring them up. Bring them up in the nurture. Such an important part of your relationship. Them knowing you love them. Feeling your love. Playing with them. Spending time with them. Bring them up in the nurture and the admonition. There are times of instruction. And there are times of warning. There are dangers in this life. There are alligators. Someone say amen. <laughs> Lurking right beneath the surface. There are dangers. We've got to warn our children. We've got to teach them about consequences for their decisions. Don't you wish you could make decisions for your children? Anyone? You know, hindsight is always 20-20, you know. We were, we were probably worse than them struggling with decisions, but now we're so smart as we're older. It's hard, but, but what we've got to pray a lot, and we've got to do our best to teach and to train. And I want to encourage you, parents and grandparents, this is super important, be involved. Spend time listening. Listening is so important. What are they thinking? What are they saying? What are they learning at school? What values are they learning from their friends? What do they watch on TV? Uh, what are they involved in on the internet or with their cell phones or whatever? We got to, we've got to be involved with, with, with our children. It's, it, it's a full-time job, fathers. I know you're busy with a career. You're, you're doing all kinds of things. Sometimes you're coaching on top of the career. Or you've got a side job to help provide. But you've got to be involved mentally and emotionally with your children. It says in 1 Peter 5, Satan is like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. Then it goes on in verse 9 and says, resist, stand firm. And you know, as much as we would like to, we can't resist for our kids. But we can teach them, we can nurture them, we can admonish them and help them learn how to resist, how, how to understand the battle of sin within their soul. Because you understand it, don't you? The battle of sin within your soul. Open up. Be transparent. Help them learn how you're winning that battle in your soul so that you can help them win the battle in their soul. It says resist, stand firm. And, of course, he'll be defeated. That's number one. Father's your protector. Number two, a father is a provider. And I'm not talking about money, okay? That's the easy part. I, I know a lot of men kind of cop out. I'm going to call it a cop out. We cop out there. My role is to provide. That means you're a chicken. Sorry, I'm trying to make friends today. By the way, we're going to take an offering in a minute. Isn't it easy to just work your job nine to five, bring home a paycheck, not get involved emotionally and spiritually and psychologically, training and admonishing and, and, and teaching your children? Providing is the easy part but uh, financially, but, but the hard part is providing love, 
providing an atmosphere of the home where kids feel safe, where they can open up and talk about their feelings, P providing fun. Kids love to have fun. They love to go on vacation, providing the opportunity for every child to feel valuable and important. Last, last summer, I was out uh, early morning, uh, for me anyway, it's about 7 o'clock, and I was down on Lower Lake uh, Road, maybe a little west of Merrill, and I was riding my bike, and uh, as I was riding along, I saw a, a tractor. I, you know, I don't know what tractors do. I'm, I'm not a farmer, <laughs> okay? I think he was either cutting or raking alfalfa. Does anyone know what tractors do? Anyway, you know, there's these rows of alfalfa. That's all I know. And I'm riding my bike along, and, and as I got up beside the, the, the tractor, I looked in there, and here's about a late 20s, early 30s dad driving the tractor. And he's got about a three-year-old kid sitting on his lap. Seven o'clock in the morning. Maybe mom was getting the morning to sleep in or something. I don't know. But can you imagine that three-year-old kid was in heaven? I mean, he's riding in a tractor with his dad. Of course, tractors today are pretty cool. They're air-conditioned. They've got cabs that look like a Mercedes. But And this one certainly costs more than a Mercedes. But that kid was in heaven. I mean, he, that's, that's, that's how you provide. That's how you provide for a son or a daughter. It's, it's that time uh, just trying to provide, trying to make sure that mom feels loved, trying to get involved when there are conflicts in the home. It's so easy to let mom solve them. We've got to get involved. We have to be engaged. Proverbs 15, verse 1 says, A soft answer turns away wrath. And fathers need to have the wisdom to diffuse conflict. Sometimes ask mom to go to a corner. <laughs> ask the kids to go to a corner and, and, and try to diffuse. Uh, a father is a protector and a provider. Number three, father's a promoter. He promotes the success of every member in the family, especially his wife. Let me say that again. He's a promoter. He promotes the success of every child. Each one is unique and different. They all have special gifts, talents, and abilities. A father understands their children, and he's a promoter. But most importantly, he's a promoter for his wife. Now, I'm going to read. Uh, in fact, you can turn to Ephesians 5 if you'd like to. Ephesians 5, verse 25 through 28, is, it's such an important verse uh, for us uh, who are believers. Uh, we, we read it a lot in regard to marriage, but it really, this verse sets the atmosphere for a home. Ephesians 5, verse 25 through 28 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. You know, the feeling of love between a husband and wife is so important for children. One of the things I, I love about verse tw uh, 25 is it talks about a servant's heart. Husbands, Love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And then the second thing it talks about is about our words. 
in, in verse 26, he says, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. How, how many of you are thankful for God's word? Aren't you thankful? I'm so thankful. I, I love verses like, you know, the name of the Lord's a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they're safe. I, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty simple person. I, I, need, I need scriptures when I'm afraid, when I need encouragement. Uh, I, I need to know what to do, where to go. I don't know if you've ever felt guilty or condemned and you opened your Bible and, and you're reading in Psalm 32 and it talks about how he forgives all our sins, how he heals all our diseases. There's something about the power of the word that washes me. Does it, does it do that for you? It washes me, it cleanses, it strengthens my faith. Husbands, that's your role with your wife. Your words are to strengthen her, to encourage her, to wash her. Think about that. I know you think your wife is perfect. Wives, I know you think your husband's perfect. But we all have a lot of fears. We, we all have a lot of weaknesses. We all have a lot of doubts. Self-doubt, one, one of the biggest things we all struggle with. You know, husbands, you can wash your wife with your words. You can build her up. You can encourage her. You can strengthen her. My wife gave me this card for Father's Day, by the way. Uh, got a really cute couple, a little younger than us uh, on there. Uh, the woman is, is beautiful, but there's this little thing uh, above her head. You know, cartoons, you talk, and the words are there. Okay, there's this little thing, and she's thinking. This is what she's thinking in her mind. Do I look fat? Now, ladies, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But I know you've thought that before because I'm a married man. Okay? Now, above the man's head, it says, do I look stupid? Uh, you know, maybe you wouldn't use those words, but one of the things men struggle with is the fear of failure. You know, we just all do. Do I look fat? Do I look stupid? Then on the inside, it says, communication and honesty, the keys to every good relationship. Yeah, isn't that true? Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, cleansing her through the washing of the water of the word. Brothers, if you have a daughter... She needs you to speak into her life. Tell her how beautiful she is. She needs you to build her up and encourage her because she's struggling. She's struggling. I mean, there's these girls. Gosh, you just have to hate them. They're, they're perfect. You know, there's these girls in school. They have the, the perfect body. They have the perfect hair. They're skinny, and I'm not. And you just hate them. Sorry, I probably shouldn't say that at church. But the, the feeling of competition, I mean, for guys, there's huge competition. Some are athletes, some are not. Brothers, here's what your son is asking. Are you proud of me? Do I have what it takes? And some of the most important words you can say to your son is, son, I am proud of you. Son, I see you growing. Son, you are a mighty man. I'm so proud of you. We, we speak into their life with our words. 
washing with the water of the word. You see, fathers are protectors. Fathers are promi- providers. Uh, fathers are, are, are promoters. And, and one of the things that uh, we've got to do as fathers is promote. Promote our wives especially, but also promote our children. Uh, number four, a father's a priest. <sighs> fathers, you need a prayer life. <laughs> a priest went before God on behalf of the people. And, 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 and brothers, that's what we do as fathers. We go before God on behalf of our family. We, we go before God on behalf of our children. And one of the things the priests did when they went before God is they made sacrifices for sin. And one of the things we do as fathers, we go before God to, to make sacrifice uh, for sin, to ask God for mercy, to ask God for f- forgiveness, to, to ask God for guidance. We're priests. Priests not only went before God on behalf of the family, but, but he, he went before people on behalf of God. And, and that's the other part of our life as fathers. Uh, we, we get to go before our family on behalf of God. We, we get to challenge in a loving way our family to put God first uh, in, in their lives. I, I love the story of Noah. You know, we read it, and we think it's a great story for kids in Sunday school. But Noah had a reverence for God when no one had a reverence for God. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 9 says, Reverence for God is the beginning of wisdom, but fools despise knowledge and instruction. We live in a culture that doesn't have reverence for God. And the challenge for you as a father, in the face of what no criticism of teachers, but in face of what they're hearing in the public school or in the culture around us, to be a God-honoring family is different. It's just different. Reverence for God is the beginning of wisdom. And, and putting the Lord first as you go before your family on, on behalf of God. I love how Noah, you know, after the 40 days they were in the ark, I, I love how, how Noah, the first thing they did... When they got out of the ark, the, the first thing he did, before he built a home, he built an altar. And he made sacrifices to God. And he, he led his family in worship. And he, he modeled putting the Lord first. And that's an important part of our, our life as, as fathers. We, we, we are uh, protectors. We're providers, promoters, priests in our home. The last one, uh, a prophet. You got to be a prophet. Now, when you, when you read about prophets in the Old Testament, in the midst of difficulty and circumstances, sometimes they confronted the nation's sin and talked about why they were going through what they were doing. But they always gave hope, and they never focused on the failure. They always focused on the nation's destiny. They always focused on where God was leading them. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, a verse that a lot of us know. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you, to give you a future and a hope. And, you know, at that time in Israel's history, they, they felt like everything was lost. Just like if we as a nation all of a sudden lost our economy entirely and it never came back. Maybe struggled with disease for more than three months. Maybe we struggled for three years or 30 years. 
I mean, Israel went through some really difficult times, and yet the prophets declared, this is not the end, it's only the beginning. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not harm you, give a future and a hope. And, and one of the things that we get to do as fathers, we get to prophesy. We get to give our children vision. We, we, we get to tell them what God is saying about their life and, and about their future. It, it's, it's, it's such an important role. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up. Here this morning, we're going to conclude. I, I uh, want you to be able to get on with what you're doing with fathers and families today. It's so important, fathers, for you to understand that you're the one who helps their children have vision when they don't have any vision for themselves. You get to speak to their life. You get to say what God's saying. You get to inspire them with vision. It's so important. So I'm going to invite us to all stand together. And as we prepare to go, fathers, for a short time here on earth, you get to share the name of God, your father. It's so significant. There's something about your role. Your children will look to it all the days of your life. And when you're gone, they will remember the legacy, what you left behind. Your role, it, it, it's more than just a paycheck. It's a noble calling. You have a noble calling. I just believe the enemy wants to steal that. I don't know who's feeling discouraged today, but I just, I think the enemy wants to steal that. I just want to encourage you to stand your re ground. Resist the devil. He, he prowls like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist. Stand firm. You have a significant place and a significant role in the life of your children. Like God, you're a protector. Like God, you're a provider. Like God, you're a promoter. See the value in every one of your children. Like Jesus, you're a high priest uh, for your family. And of course, you're a prophet. You're able to prophesy. So I want to invite the men to just uh, offer up yourself to the Lord in a fresh way. You know, none of us men are perfect. We all wish we had a, another chance, another opportunity. And I just want to encourage you, you'll never stop being a father. You can keep becoming a better father throughout the lifetime of your children and your grandchildren. So Heavenly Father, we come in Jesus' name through the power of the Holy Spirit. Every one of us here, just offering ourselves to you this morning. We ask you to come in the power of the Spirit. Lord, fill us with the Spirit. Cleanse our sins. Anoint us, Father. Pray for every man, every brother. Anoint us with the Holy Spirit for the role that you've called us to as fathers. We thank you for that today in Jesus' name. Could we all say amen together? Amen. Let's give the fathers a big hand and our heavenly father a big hand uh, here today before we go home. Amen. Amen. Let's let Caleb lead us in a song again before we go.